0: Hey folks, welcome to Bad GM's Campaign Build Along. I'm the Bad GM Wayne Davis, and this is the show where we build an entire campaign from scratch, and it's ready-made for you to start running tonight. This season is dedicated to the Fallout role-playing game, so if you need a book, head out to your local game shop or bookstore, or check out the Modiphius Entertainment website. That's M-O-D-I-P-H-I-U-S dot net. We've got a lot to get into this week since we've also got our game recap to get in, so let's cut the usual chit-chat and get down to the build. We begin as we always do with the recap of last week's build. The group met with Victor to discuss what came up during the deal with Longsworth, while Victor reported information he had gotten during a meeting with a business colleague. He suggested the group use that information instead of heading for Ledoux, noting that the events of the previous evening would put Tucker Malloy and Jackson Demon on alert, which would make getting into that facility that much more difficult. The group headed to iRobotics in Richmond Heights, and once they managed to get into the facility, they realized they had found the place all of the synth parts were being built. They also managed to check the computers in the various offices in the building, and were able to find out who's been getting parts and how many. They also found the office of one Sherman Longsworth, and after checking out all of the things they could, they came to the conclusion that the Longsworth they're dealing with has stolen the identity of the Longsworth whose office they infiltrated. They got out of the facility, got back to the pass, and debriefed with Victor. Victor was left speechless on the Longsworth information, and it was obvious as we rapped that the group would be left to their own devices as to what they were going to do next. And that is where we pick up the build Today. Since the group's on their own to figure out what's next, we need to get into the four possible directions we've got. There's still that facility they ran into during the synth chase from the Lemp Brewery that had synths in it. I mean, that facility wasn't listed in any of the materials the group found, so it might still be something they want to check into. Garson Tactical is probably on the hit list, especially since they know they've been using synths and have been a pain in the tail recently. They've got a location, so it's a definite possibility. We haven't forgotten about the situation with Chip, so it's also something they can look into if they're interested. And of course, there's the Ledoux facility of Malloy and Denman. It's only been a day or so since Victor told him to lay off, but if the group's got an itchy trigger finger, it is a possibility. Now, I know which one is going to be my group's choice, and if your group is as annoyed as mine is, well, (laughs) they're going to go for it. It's Garson Tactical. Let's background it a bit before we get into actually building it. The group has discovered over time that Garson Tactical is basically owned by Jackson Denman, though it's through another corporation name. I don't know that we've put that out there before, but it is the case, and that'll be the case if they do any digging prior to the trip. We've stated on more than one occasion, there was one Garson facility left that the group hadn't dealt with and that it's the headquarters. So the group will figure, I'm sure that if they can take out the facility, they're finally done with Garson Tactical. Hey, you know what? I think we need to do a level up before we continue. So let's hit the pause button and do that. One health point, one skill point, one perk. Okay, that's done. Let's continue. The group is really going to need to gear up for this. I mean, we know Garson uses synths, but we also know they've got a bunch of humans who've got an itch to take out the group. For the record, my group has considered how to hit them with a couple of mini nukes. So if your group's got explosives, they might have a better plan of action. But before they can do that, we need to get them geared up and get them down there. Any of the places they've used for gear are eligible here, and I think at this point in the campaign, we can open up the possibilities for purchase for any weapon or armor. The only thing they cannot buy is power armor. Once they're geared up, let's head them out to Oakville. Now, they've been in this basic area in the past as they went down Lime Ferry Road to head to the Lime Ferry. They're going to need to move a bit more east from there to get where they're going, but we'll get to that. It'll take a little over four hours to get there, and there should probably be at least one encounter along the way. However, we're going to make this a you pick 'em. You choose the opponent and let it fly. Now, I called the location of the facility Oakville, but the actual location is Jefferson Barracks. For the record, there was a time it was a fully functioning army post. These days, in the real world anyway, it functions as part museum and part cemetery for those men and women who've served the U.S. over the years. In the Fallout world, JB, as it's known for short, took a heck of a beating, and somewhere along the line, Garson apparently decided to move in. Not all of the buildings, mind you, but enough to be able to use it as a headquarters with plenty of space to see whatever's coming their way. So, scoping out the situation isn't going to be easy for the group. In fact, unless they've got missiles or mini-nukes, this is going to be a frontal assault, and it's going to be messy. I mean, I know I mentioned something about my group wanting to drop a mini-nuke on the facility, though, for the record, they have no idea where it is in my game yet. But I don't think I mentioned the plan. The thought since they didn't have a fat man to use at the time, is that Jim's Mr. Handy would fly up over the facility and use the nuke much like a super mutant suicider would, activating it, then dropping it when over the target. Since radiation doesn't affect him, the only thing he'd need to worry about is the shockwave of the explosion, and he and I discussed it. My thought on it is if he dropped it and sped off, he'd be able to stay just ahead of it as it dissipated. So, if you've got that ability, hey, I just gave your players an idea. Another possibility would be to use missile launchers to eliminate as many men and synths as possible. It would also allow the group to take out targets at a distance. Mini guns and Gatling lasers would work, though they'd need to be a wee bit closer to use them. Now, I'll lay this out and give you numbers, and you work it out the way you see fit. There are two barracks-sized buildings, Google it, and two garage-sized buildings, and those would be three-car garage style, for the record. There are three dozen synths running around in Garson gear, and another two dozen humans. Use the Brotherhood of Steel knight stats we've been using for the humans, and the stats we built and posted on the website for the synth. The night stats are on page 383. They've got a variety of armaments, including frag grenades, missile launchers, and we'll say they've even got a fat man with a couple of mini-nukes. You run it the way you feel best, but I would note that if by chance your group kept those synths from the Longsworth deal, this will be a spot for most, if not all, of them to be taken out. And if you want to put more adversaries in here in that case, do so. I also want to give the group a little something, so let's put two of those humans into power armor. It's not top of the line stuff, but a set of T45 would be better than nothing. Stats for T45 power armor are on a chart on page 137. If and when the group starts to get the advantage, they'll hear explosions coming from inside the buildings. That would be the self-destructs for the various computer systems, which would make sense since Garson wouldn't want their stuff to fall into the hands of outsiders. One other thing to remember, and I have to make sure I do this, if you've got someone with the Mysterious Stranger perk, they're going to need to make an appearance. Have them show up and launch a mini-nuke at a batch of Garson folks. If that doesn't seem to help much, have them launch another. When all of it is done, Garson Tactical is down and out. Or at least that's what we want everyone to believe. I mean, did you really think it was going to be that easy? The group's going to need to get back to their base of operations or the pass by hook or crook. So four hours later, they'll be back and we'll be nice. No encounters. Victor's going to be impressed. He'll heap the praise on the group. And he'll also call in his personal doctor to treat anyone who needs the help. He will lament the fact that Garson blew everything up, but mostly because he would have liked to get his caps back. He's still running down leads, so the group's got some more downtime, and if you'd rather run a job for your group, I'm sure there's a job or two that we've created along the line that the group still hasn't done. However, the group does still have some things they need to deal with. They've gone through a lot of supplies at this point, and unless they manage to salvage any of the gear from the fallen Garson personnel, They probably don't have a lot of caps either. That means gearing up to go after the Ladoo facility is not in the cards just yet. Oh yeah, they're also going to need to fix the power armor. I mean, they'd have needed to do a lot of damage to kill the people inside it, and to do so, that armor would be damaged. So there's that as well. Look, I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of dry on ideas from here, and we've got three straight build-only episodes coming up. So even though I know it's going to be way short, I'm going to cut it here for the week. I'm sorry about that, but I'd rather cut a build short than run with stuff that's less than what I'd prefer. So let's just go ahead and get into the recap of my group from their last session. We began with the group at their base of operations. They were approached by Rachel and her sister, who wanted to hire the group to rescue their parents. They noted that Garson Tactical had kicked in their front door and taken their parents, and they don't know why. The group agreed to take the job and ultimately went to the family home where they found a hollow tape detailing what Grant, the father, had done. The group decided to do the rescue anyway and used an old sewer pipe under the Garson holding facility to gain access. They basically dug through to rescue the couple, then returned to Diamond Pass and reunited the family. From there, Victor tasked the group with investigating a break-in at one of his storage facilities. The group got there and noticed a lot of stuff missing. They also found a couple of synths on site. They had a brief encounter with a synth courser before they were able to get away and get back to Victor, who reported that he has a line on Longsworth, whom they'd heard about earlier. They made the meeting at the Twisted Tap, and we ended that just as Longsworth was preparing to enter the building. So, let's get to what happened in this session. We picked up with the group still a part of the sit-down at the Twisted Tap. Melanie Zombrowski and Barnabas O'Reilly dropped by to pay their regards, then Longsworth stopped by. He and Victor had a back and forth, and the group quickly realized that these two were doing their dance of business. Ultimately, the business completed, and the group left to return to Diamond Pass. Jim followed Longsworth and his synths to see where they were going, and noted that Longsworth entered a two-story walk-up several blocks north of the old Keele Auditorium. The following morning, the group went back to the tap where Victor had his meeting with Longsworth, and we elaborated on the news from that when we built the scenario. And as they left, they were jumped by 14 synths in Garson tactical gear. It took a bit and the group did get roughed up, but they managed to win the day. They returned to the third base saloon where Victor made sure everybody got patched up. Victor then tasked the group with meeting with Melanie Zombrowski. We wrapped there and we're going to pick up in a month since I've got a family event on the next scheduled game night. And that's the show for this week. Next week, I can promise you we'll get the group back into the saddle and in hot pursuit of Tucker Malloy and Jackson Denman. In the meanwhile, check out our other podcast role-playing history this week. We finally bring our look into the best modules of all time to an end It's been a heck of a ride, and you're not going to want to miss the final chapter. Role-playing history is available wherever you get your podcasts or on our website, badgmproductions.net. All Fallout role-playing game materials referenced on this show are the trademarked and copyrighted properties of Modiphius Entertainment through their license with Bethesda Games, and they're used on this show for entertainment purposes only. For a look at all of the fine products produced by Modiphius, check out their website, M-O-D-I-P-H-I-U-S dot net. The music we use for this show comes from Pixabay.com. Check them out for all your license-free, royalty-free music needs. Bad GM's campaign build along is a production of bad GM Productions. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash gaming forward slash bad prod, on Twitter at bad GMP, YouTube and Tumblr, Bad GM Productions. You can email us badgmproductions at gmail.com and online the website is badgmproductions.net. Next week, our group gets back in the saddle and back to trying to catch Tucker Malloy and Jackson Denman. But that's next week. Until then, I'm the bad GM, Wayne Davis, and I'll see you at the game table.